This week on the show, learn how to make your own t-shirts. This is Mega Maker, episode six. Uh, hey folks, welcome back. Justin Jackson here. This is my show. This week on the podcast, we are looking at how to make your own apparel. And to start, I'd like to take us back to high school. So for me, high school started in the 10th grade in rural Alberta, Canada. And there were a few classes where you could make things. There was shop class. There was a home ec class where you could do sewing and other things. There was computers. And there was a class called communication technology. And this class covered a lot of ground. It was everything from photography and developing your film to imprint printing and also screen printing. And for a lot of us who joined that class, the ability to do screen printing was a way for us to assert our identity as punk rockers. You see, we were surrounded by cowboy hats, Levi jeans, big belt buckles. But we were into all this streetwear coming out of California. Brands like Fresh Jive, Stussy, Extra Large. That's the kind of stuff that we were into. And it was really hard to get those brands locally. But now we had access to screen printing equipment, which meant we could create our own stuff. And we did. We made t-shirts and hoodies, basically any sort of top that you could screen print. And when I think about it, I haven't really stopped. Uh, you know, especially t-shirts. I've been making t-shirts ever since I was 15. And t-shirts are an interesting piece of clothing. Everybody wears them. There's millions, if not billions, of them produced every year. And it's often the first thing that you'll make as a part of a new company or a new brand. A lot of you are probably thinking about it right now, whether you have a startup or you're just starting your own little you know, at-home business. T-shirts are simple, but getting it right, getting a shirt that people will actually wear is really hard. That part hasn't changed at all. So I went out and just asked Mega Maker listeners what they think makes a good shirt. Hey there, this is uh, Jason Weichel. And uh, I think there are two real mistakes that people make when they are trying to make a t-shirt. The first is uh, they use a shitty shirt. Uh, if it says Gildan on it or some of the crappy brand, like, basically it's immediately going to Goodwill. Uh, the second thing is making it too much of an advertisement. You know, I think that you can go overboard uh, in trying to make a t-shirt like a billboard to the point where people just aren't going to wear it. Uh, and you've actually gone past the point where you're going to get any benefit from it at all because, uh, you know, you haven't made something that uh, the people are going to be excited to have on every day. So Jay mentioned two things. And let's start with his second point, that you have to have something on the shirt that people are going to want to wear. Actually, usually what's on the shirt really determines if people want the shirt at all. For example, I get sent a lot of shirts that say something like brandname.com on it. And I don't want to... I don't want to wear a shirt that says .com on it unless it's like something funny. So if you are going to put your logo on a shirt, make sure the logo is interesting. And maybe now is a good time to talk about how the Mega Maker logo came to be. 
First of all, I worked on the logo with an amazing designer friend named Keenan Kirk. He's online at kidpixel.ca. And I paid him. I paid him quite a bit of money to come up with the logo. I definitely had input, but he was really the talent behind that logo. So that might be the first thing you need to do is make sure if you don't have the talent to be a designer, you probably should hire somebody. Don't do it yourself and just try to make something that's good enough. Hire someone, pay them well, and get something that's really great. First, I wanted the logo to be subversive, meaning when people saw it, I didn't want them to immediately kind of get what it was. I wanted it to invite curiosity. Second, I'd already decided on the name Mega Maker, and Mega Maker is kind of a loud, brash, raw name, and I wanted the logo to reflect that too. Third, I definitely wanted it to be something that people would wear, something that would people would say, oh, that's cool, I would wear that on a shirt. And fourth, and this was a personal one, is I'm really into heavy metal and I wanted it to kind of have that feel. So we took all of those inputs and through several iterations came up with the Mega Maker logo you see today. If you haven't seen it, it's at megamaker.co. All right, so let's say you've got great artwork or great branding. What next? Well, to Jay's point, you need to have a high-quality garment. It can't just have a good logo. It actually has to have good fabric, a good cut, all that stuff, good feel when people put it on. Now, this is where things get complicated. First of all, there's an ethical issue here. Christelle, who's in the MegaMaker Slack room, has a great write-up on this. You can get to it by going to megamaker.co slash ethics. And she just takes you through all of the issues and dilemmas that there are in the fabrication process. And I highly recommend you go and check that out. Second of all, Olivia in the Slack chat pointed out that sizing really varies amongst brands. And t-shirts also change quite a bit throughout the various wash and dry cycles. Generally, they get shorter in length and wider in the chest. So for this episode, I tested about 10 different brands and styles of t-shirt, and I haven't found anything that fits better than the American Apparel 401. It's the tri-blend short sleeve track shirt. It comes in a unisex cut and a women's cut. It is 50% polyester, 25% cotton, 25% rayon. It feels a little bit elastic in your hands. It's very soft. It fits really nicely. It goes through the wash and dry cycles really well. It's just a great shirt. Now, ethically, if you've been following American Apparel, you know they have some problems. They recently fired CEO Dove Charney over sexual misconduct, and they've also run really racy ads in the past that really demean women. But recently, they've been trying to turn things around. They hired female CEO Paula Schneider, and just in January, she updated their code of ethics. It's probably still too early to see if they're going to turn around, but it looks like there's movement underway. All right, changing gears. One of our listeners, Kate, brought up a good point about where you put your artwork on the shirt. Hi, uh, I'm Kate Jefferson. I'm a software engineer in San Francisco, and I wear a lot of t-shirts. The biggest problem that I've had with t-shirts that I've received that I don't wear now is an unfortunately placed logo. And what happens is people design these t-shirts on custom ink or something, and they see it on a flat shirt 
which more resembles a man's chest than it does someone who has boobs. As someone with boobs, I'd really love it if t-shirts were designed with that in mind. If you have a big horizontal element in your t-shirt, it should go above where boobs would sit. Usually it needs to be maybe a little bigger than what you initially expected and keep your horizontal elements closer to the top. So there are some factors to consider even when you're making something as simple as a t-shirt. Let's review what we've talked about so far. First of all, make your artwork great. Uh, One company that's doing this really well is Envision. They hired Kyle Steed, I believe, to do their artwork. And those are shirts that I really enjoy wearing, even though they're for a company. Point number two is to choose a high-quality garment. This is something people are going to wear. They want it to be cut nice. They want it to be fitted nice. They want it to feel good. And you also should look into the ethical ramifications of what you're purchasing. Finally, the placement of the artwork on the shirt matters. And with all three of these points, the best way to test it is to get samples. So on Saturday's episode, I'm going to go through the manufacturing process. I'm going to show you how you can get samples ordered. And when you get those samples, why you should wear them out in public, see how people react to them, uh, all of those things. You're going to be able to test out different garments. I'll also be launching the official Mega Maker t-shirt on Saturday, so you'll be able to order those as well. All of this will be on the episode, but it'll also be in the newsletter. And the best way to get on that newsletter is to join the 2016 Maker Challenge. You go to megamaker.co slash challenge for that. Uh, And by the way, all the links for this episode are at megamaker.co slash six. Last week, we had seven patrons sponsor the burrito episode. And we're doing that again for this week. So Saturday's episode, which is usually our biggest episode in terms of downloads, you can sponsor it by going to megamaker.co slash sponsor. Right now, they start as little as $99. So if you want to shout out on the show, megamaker.co slash sponsor, and it helps make sure the show can keep going. One patron I didn't have time to mention last episode is Oren Ellabogan. He has a great book called Leading Snowflakes. It's perfect if you lead an engineering team. LeadingSnowflakes.com. Thanks to Simplecast.fm for being our podcast host. Thanks to Striker for the theme music. They are striker-metal.com. If you want real-time updates on what I and other people in the community are making, go to live.megamaker.co. And you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm the letter M, letter I, and Justin. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast player so you can hear Saturday's episode where we launch the Mega Maker t-shirt. I'll see you then. Hey, Janice, nice hypercolor shirt. Thanks, Dan. Are those new Reebok pumps? Yeah, got them yesterday. Cool. Justin, what kind of shirt are you wearing? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a Mega Maker shirt. Mega Maker? Pah, that's lame. 
No, no, it's not. It's cool. It's it's a podcast. Dude, what the heck is a podcast? Yeah, what's a podcast? I, I listen to it on my computer. It's a it's an audio file in a in an RSS feed. You download it from the internet, and it can transport you to other worlds you never even knew of or could imagine. Internet, that come cool. on, man! Now you're just making up words. Come on, Janice, let's go listen to my new Millie Vanilli cassette tape. Yeah, Dan, let's go. See you later, nerd. Aw, oh, man.